You were never out of the fight. You were created for a time such as this. And you are now preparing to be sent into battle. God is calling you to be his disciple, to be formed in virtue and holiness. He has appointed you as an ambassador of his kingdom. To go and represent him to his people. And he's enlisted you as a soldier of Christ. To be sent out to fight for the good in this world. You are not made to make excuses. Time for you to take extreme ownership for your life, for all of your life. It's time to rise up and finally be the man or woman you were created to be. Follow God. Lead others. And never surrender. It is time to begin seeking excellence. This is your boy, Nathan Crankfield, and I'm excited to talk with you today about um, a really fun conversation. So this is another episode of Things Nathan Hates on the Internet. Um, and I'm going to really try to take this story from the top here. So actually, I need to go back. Um, I went, I got ahead of myself there for a second. So uh, just, just general context. This is going to be a fun one. This is going to be a an a deeper look into um, a post you may have seen me if you follow me on Instagram, if you watch my stories and stuff, a recent rant and just some posts uh, that I started to share and talk about um, that I'm really excited to kind of go deeper into because I just, I really appreciate the fruits of, you know, hard conversations, the fruits of reading listening to podcasts, taking courses, taking classes, right? Where One thing I've started to see in, in my development in these areas is the ability to predict and anticipate the conclusion of something, right? Almost like the slippery slope uh, to kind of see where it ends or at least where it's going earlier and earlier in somebody's thinking. So uh, a post that I may have you know, previously before innocently liked and, and just kind of supported without really thinking about it, uh, really kind of got me going yesterday. And so I want to talk about that post. But first, before that, I think it's really important to talk about the the shooting that happened in Colorado Springs. So if you don't know, um, a gunman entered this uh, LGBT club called Club Q in Colorado Springs on, uh, I believe it was over Saturday. I think it was Saturday night. Today's Tuesday. This is November 22nd. I'm recording this. And um, he killed five, injured 17, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, from my understanding, an Army veteran actually tackled him and took him down, go Army. And then the police did a great job. I think they were there three minutes after being dispatched, and uh, two minutes later, he was in custody after they arrived, which is pretty great. I mean, that timing, that's what, you, that's what you're looking for. But what's really sad is you see things like AOC on Twitter. So let me try to bring this up so I can get her own words. Lord knows I do not try to misquote AOC because she does such a good job herself. 
making ourselves sound terrible. So there's no need to, to mix it up, right? So Lauren Boebert, who just recently won re-election for a house seat here in Colorado, she's more of like the mountain regions, kind of southern Colorado and western Colorado, so she's not mine. Um, but she said, the news out of Colorado Springs is absolutely awful. The, this morning, the victims and their families are in my prayers. This lawless violence needs to end and end quickly. Right? <clears throat> now, in the comments, you can see it as well, but uh, AOC decided to do like a quote tweet around it and said, you have played a major role in elevating anti-LGBT plus hate rhetoric and anti-trans lies while spreading your spending your time in Congress blocking even the most common sense gun safety laws. You don't get the thoughts and prayers your way out of this. Look inward and change. Now, if you really want to deep dive on this, because this is not what I'm going to talk about the whole time, but if you want to deep dive on the left's um, attempts to always uh, utilize any tragedy to blame <clears throat> the entire right, right? All conservatives, or at least conservatives who have something to do with that realm, right? So if, if you've recently said anything about being uh, pro-Second Amendment, or if you have any personal stance that like, same-sex marriage is not a thing, or that homosexuality, when acted upon, is a sin. Um, or if you don't believe in transing kids, or you don't believe that government should be paying for transitions for adults, <clears throat> then you get stuff like this when something like this happens, right? She, she's saying the same thing in the next tweet. She's blaming Trump for different things. She's blaming all this crazy stuff. It's all she's you know blaming the GOP. Now, if you come over, what I thought was interesting is kind of a continuation on of that was two days ago. So the next day after the shooting, if I'm not mistaken, I, I know, I'm not always certain how, uh, like when Instagram changes their time, but I want to say it was two days ago. So it would have been on Sunday. So this is the day after the shooting, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, the New York Times had this, this post with these beautiful photos from a TLM, from a traditional Latin mass. And their caption said, the traditional Latin mass is drawing in Catholic conservatives and young families in America, but the trend signals a divide within the Catholic Church. The Latin mass, an ancient form of Catholic worship that Pope Francis has tried to discourage, is experiencing a revival in the U.S. And here's the, here's the best part. Um, it says the right appeals to an overlapping mix of aesthetic traditionalists, young believers, new converts, and critics of Francis. Its resurgent, boosted by the pandemic years, is part of a rising right-wing strain of American Christianity. Understand that there. This is where it becomes, right? Where it's like it, everything's socially conservative, traditional-minded, um, the right-wing Christianity, right? Like you start to see how these things kind of flow around, right? Um, so you can go into the comments and read some of these things. Uh some of them are more positive because I'm Catholic, right? Uh, but you see somebody with the Ukraine, I stand with Ukraine bio picture. It says Latin mass existed to exclude, despite it being a uh, universal language, the language of the church. Really interesting. So I go from, from knowing this, right, from seeing this stuff on Twitter to seeing this post about that, um, from uh you know from the new york times it was it was after the shooting yeah so it says two days ago they posted the 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 shooting post as well but the tlm post was three posts later so i go from that to seeing my once friend who's since unfollowed me like many people have in this great world we live in 
Um, is I see so Team Quarter Black is her handle. I've been sharing the post up and down. It's a public post. I think she's a public uh, account. So I don't again like this isn't this isn't a condemnation of her because again, as I said in the comments, and I said in many direct messages to her. I don't know that she's doing what I'm going to claim happened here um, intentionally. I don't think, and, and I, I think from different signs and things that I've seen in her messaging and the things she said back to me, it seems like there's certain parts where it, it does seem pretty innocent and there's not a, she's not out here trying to actively promote um, socialism or same-sex marriage or things like that within the church. She, claimed, she, she said to me, and I believe her, that she does not water down or, or, promote anything that's against church teaching to be done in the church. Um, but we'll break down into some of the things I was talking about of just how I saw from the posts that I'm going to read to you here in a second, the things that followed from it. And I had many comments and then direct messages. I'm not going to share much of the direct message stuff, but I want to share some of the comments because the comments are public and just kind of talk you through how, how we got to the conclusion that I assume we were going to get to um, with her and another person uh, in the comments, and just kind of share some stuff along the way, you know. Um, and so, she obviously pronouns in her bio. Um, I've been on her podcast before, back in the day, um, before I feel like she knew I was conservative. Um, but yeah, pronouns in her bio. And again, I'm always impressed with the people who don't just put two pronouns but three. She, her is not enough. We also have to add in hers which is amazing to me. So could it be she, her, his? Maybe. If you know the answer to that, feel free to shoot me an email because I'd love to know. Or does it come together? Because I know some people just have the two. But then some people are like, no, I'm really doubling down. I want to put the three. Female theology nerd, biracial feminist, co-host of this podcast. So right there, you kind of like, to me, it was funny when I felt like she was she was upset that I had like assumed her political stance on things. But I've never had, I, I don't even know that many like true moderates have ever unfollowed me. Maybe they have. Um, but especially as like two people who are actively like doing things in the Catholic world, we're two like black Catholics doing things in the Catholic world. Even if you disagree with me, if you were moderate, you would assume that it's still, I think, like I follow AOC, right? Like it's still good to have some people who disagree with you every now and then so you can kind of see where people are coming from. Not here. Uh, which is interesting, you know? Um, and then, yeah. So let's, let's look at, let's look at some of this stuff. <laughs> this was a fun one, man. I'll tell you what, it couldn't have gone much better than it did. Recently, I've been watching some, uh, I don't know if you guys ever heard of Kevin Samuels. He's kind of like an Andrew Tate kind of guy. Um, but I think a little bit better, but what I really enjoy about him is he specifically talks through, talks a little bit about masculinity, but he really works with black women almost exclusively and will like just restructure their worldview to bring them back to reality and help them understand the importance of finding a mate, finding a husband specifically, marrying the men that they have kids with, um, and kind of like breaking down some of these, uh, yeah, just lies. I feel like the feminism has like plugged and, and, and implanted in the brain of so many black women. And that has nothing to do with her. I'm not saying that she has any of that. I, I don't know her well enough for any of those things. And she's married with kids as far as I know. Um, well, yeah, no, it's obvious. She is married with kids. I'm pretty sure. I, th I think she has several kids. I think we talked about that before. 
It doesn't really matter. But the reason why I bring up Kevin Samuels is because there's this line. Emily will hear me laughing watching like a YouTube video of his or something like that. And I just love and I feel like what happened with me in this conversation with several people in the comments is Kevin Samuels will also just be like, you can't make this shit up. Because he has this expectation and this kind of assumption of where these women are going to lead him through his questioning. And they almost always do. They almost always go to the place that they kind of act like they're not going to go or like they claim they don't have the biases of other women and people like that. And that's exactly what happened here today in this conversation. And I just found myself multiple times, well, you can't make this shit up. I, I claim from the beginning that it was kind of like socialist driven and we like went back and forth and things get confusing. And it's really hard in Instagram comments because several people might comment back. And I almost always want to make like another thread because they're always threads, right? And so you get confused with who you're talking to and the order of things. But let's let's dive into the actual post. <laughs> this is so fun. Let's dive into the actual post itself. The post is titled at the top, Essential Church Words. The term is social sin. <laughs> okay. The next line, the quote is from Pope Benedict XVI, <clears throat> who... I think is interesting to choose here because he's typically a more conservative Orthodox Pope or thought of in that way. Um, often a, a favorite of the, some of the trads, but he says in this quote from Caritas and Verite, Veritate, excuse me. He says the presence of original sin in social conditions and in the structure of society. So I'll say that again. It says social sin. This is the quote beneath it. The presence of original sin in social conditions and in the structure of society. Now, to me, I had not really heard of the term social sin before. I think it's kind of intuitive that I feel like I could understand it. But my original like intuition was, okay, social sin would be something like slavery, something like currently abortion, something currently you could say like same-sex marriage, right? That would be an example of a social sin, something that society has agreed upon is good but is actually bad. And we're like mass contributing to it. Um, even though it's not everybody, it is a large group of people and it really affects society. That's what I would have assumed what kind of social sin was. But now I'm going to read her uh, caption, which is kind of long. I'll take breaks throughout. But her first paragraph, and I can't, I can't tell if she added some stuff or not after we kind of started getting into it. Because there was some stuff that when I reread it, I thought was maybe new, but maybe I just didn't catch it the first time. But first paragraph, this is not a weird church word. It's an essential one. Social sin is every sin committed against the justice due in relations between individuals, between the individual and the community, and also between the community and the individual. And that is from the Compendium of Social Doctrine of the Church, number 118. It goes on. It is the sins we commit against individuals and groups that build upon each other until they create systems of oppression which marginalize some groups while shoring up the power of others. Social sins are things like racism, sexism, ageism, caging immigrants, rampant gun violence. You can likely name more. So I'm going to go straight to the second paragraph. The way our society treats LGBT plus people is a social sin. Yesterday's tragedy in Colorado is just one devastating example. Boom. All right. So pause. This is the first thing I have a problem with. Is I believe, I believe even, even based on that definition, to me, that definition, that definition kind of sucks because that, that was given in the first paragraph and that's not hers. That's from 
I don't, I've never read the compendium on social doctrine of the church. But I don't like the definition because it just includes every sin. Sins, individual against individual, individual against the community, community against individual. That's literally everything. So I, I don't understand that really. But then saying that the shooting in Colorado was an example of that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Why? Because we have a society has have made that illegal. We're prosecuting the person that did it. We've universally, as you can see on Twitter, even though people start to fight about it because we can't agree on shit anymore. Conservatives and Repu- and, and and liberals or Democrats and Republicans alike condemn it. There's a very very small section of society that would encourage or approve of it, and they're sick people. So how this one individual's actions was an example of a social sin against LGBT people was really the the point of my argument. And what I could see here is this is this is exactly what is done and why I think she and I disagree on everything is this is exactly what's done with um, George Floyd. A, a, a black man, an unarmed black man is killed by the police and it is a sign of a social sin of uh, racism in the police system and greater racism and white supremacy in America, right? It's not the mistaken actions of one police officer. Um, this is a sign of, it's always a sign of greater things. And what's the solution to the signs of greater things? It's uh, more government intervention, ultimately leading to socialism. And it doesn't mean that the government shouldn't be involved at all, but we'll get into the nuance of that. But I just know that when you use emotional moments like this to say, this is the example, this is an example and the um, you know, personification, the manifestation of this societal evil and bias and bigotry and hatred towards a specific group of people. You're using that to make people more open to the heavy hand of government to uh, basically inch our way step by step closer and closer to socialism. Um, and I, I knew that and I could see that because, I because again, follow me. I, I went from AOC doing this to Lauren Boebert. I know from following Shannon for a long time now that she leans left even though she claims that she doesn't, she might vote in the middle because I think that I do believe that she's pro-life, but every, everything she talks about, every story I've ever seen, every post I've ever read, every woke thing I've ever seen her like, because often you can see people in the likes of, of certain posts and shit that I hate. And I'll see certain people that like those. It's like, okay, <laughs> I don't know what you're conservative on. I was like, I've argued with, with you or disagree with you on every issue. I'm like, maybe you're like economically conservative. I highly doubt it, but I'm like, maybe that's what makes you independent. I don't know. I don't know what we haven't gotten to. I would love to see what it is. Um, but more of like a pro-life Democrat is how it seems from everything I've ever seen. Um, but it just, it leads to that, right? And you can kind of see these steps and these people kind of like start to work in that direction. And what I think is really dark and bad about it, which again, I'm not claiming she intentionally did this, but what you see the AOCs of the world doing is they seize this to make the others look evil. So you see AOC doing it to Lauren Boebert. You see the New York Times calling TLM and conservative Orthodox. I mean, screw conservative. Orthodox Catholics radically right. Right Right-wing American Christianity, right? Which is often the group that's demonized. That's probably like third on the list uh, down from MAGA Republicans is like right-wing Christian extremists or right-wing American Christians, right? Because we're pro-life, because we don't support same-sex marriage, because we don't support trans and kids. Um, 
where the the religious right in the church in, in the U.S. today, um, which is pretty wild. So this that was that was I wanted to stop there because that's really where I kind of disagreed. Now I'm going to go and continue on a little bit. Uh, she says every human being is made in the image and likeness of God. Definitely agree with that. God does not have exceptions to God's offer of love. Fact. Jesus does not have requirements for entering into a relationship with him. This I thought was interesting because somebody else pushed back on that statement in the comments. Um, uh, that's a nuanced one in my opinion, because obviously mm, it depends on what your definition of relationship with him is, right? To start developing that relationship, yes. To stay in a relationship with him, I mean, <laughs> Jesus quite literally said, uh, go and sell all your things and come and follow me. Jesus said, let the dead bury the dead, like come and follow me. Like people didn't have the opportunity of being like, oh, I'll come sometimes. Like, I, I don't know a point in gospel in the gospels where Jesus was like, yeah, that's great. You know, Jesus calls us to repent and believe in the gospel, to drop everything and follow him. That seems like a pretty big requirement for entering into a relationship with him throughout every apostle's story in the gospels. Um, he's a God who will not break the broken reed or quench a dimly burning wick. That's from Isaiah 42, 3. Now, this is where it goes on, because this is where I think it's encouraging other people to do this, which will encourage other people to vote a certain way and support certain things that are going to ultimately be anti-Catholic. So this next paragraph, it has taken me many years to recognize the ways I have contributed to the social sin, which marginalizes my LGBT plus brothers and sisters. I may not have, the be I may not have been the person directly responsible for sitting against them, but I did nothing to dismantle the systems which keep them from being safe and having access to basic rights like equal health care and non-discrimination at the workplace. Boom. Come to Papa. Come to Papa. Look, so this is this is it. Here we go. I may not have been the person directly responsible for sitting against them. Okay, AOC, Lauren Boebert, you were not the person directly responsible for sitting against them, but I but you did nothing to dismantle the systems. But what did AOC, what did she say to Lauren? Let's go, let's bring that back up. Cause this is literally, I mean, it's a playbook, fam. I don't make this shit up. You can't make this shit up. <laughs> You, it was so, it's so perfect. She said, you, you uh, elevate anti-LGBT plus hate rhetoric, which a AOC would, would, would say uh, the radical right Christian, Christian wing in the U.S. also does by saying that uh, homosexuality when acted upon is a sin um, and anti-trans lies while spending your time in Congress blocking even the most common sense gun laws, right? So here we come back to this. I have done nothing to dismantle the systems which keep them from being safe. That's the one that's really interesting to me because this is such bullshit. Like what, what law, show me what law or system. I know, I know they, they, they'll say system is systemic and, uh, you know, structural. And then you're like, well, what system? And they're like, no, society, not just laws and policies and institutions are systems. Like society is a system. Okay, so what could you have done to to do anything other than passing laws and supporting legislation and things like that to keep them safe? And and in what ways are are they not legally protected? What other kind of protection is there other than legal protection? All of us, no matter what you are or what you do, there's people out there who hate you and would rather see you dead. For me as a Catholic, there's many people who want me to be dead. As someone who's outspokenly conservative, there's plenty of people out there who would rather see me dead. There's people on the radical right that I'm in an interracial marriage. I'm interracial myself would rather see me dead. I'm pro-life. There's abortion fanaticals that would rather see me dead. 
Now, if somebody acts upon that and kills me because of my stances on things, I'm not going to say that some random person out there in the universe, in the world, in Virginia, uh, had something to do because they didn't dismantle the systems that kept me safe or preventing me from being safe. Because we live in a world where it's illegal to do some type of violence like that to somebody else, right? All right, so going on. Um, uh, basic rights like equal health care. That, that very quickly, in these emotional ways, this is the shit where they'll, pre- they'll create some type of bill that'll be like the trans protection bill or the LGBT protection bill or quality act or something like that. It, in it will be protections for trans and kids. In it will be uh, taxpayer, taxpayer funded transitioning of adults. All this other shit, right? Re- reducing the religious freedom of, of practicing Catholics, of churches, of, of Christians, of Muslims, of Jews who don't want to, you know, celebrate or um, do same-sex marriages in their churches or celebrate them or whatever. That's baked into that stuff. Non-discrimination in the workplace. How It's illegal to discriminate against somebody because of their sexual orientation in the workplace. But wh- where, where can you advance that even further? You can still discriminate them in nonprofits or in uh, church or religious organizations because Catholics can still fire somebody who's actively in a same-sex relationship, as they should. Catholics can still... Uh, fire somebody they find that's working at Planned Parenthood in the abortion, you know, sector. But I, I guess that's what you want to you want to to advance is the non-discrimination in the workplace. Let's end that. And that's left. That's left of left. That's not a moderate stance to to say those things. It's already illegal, and it should be illegal to discriminate on somebody in a secular company in a, like if I, you know, I, I, an example that I'll get into in some of the comments is like landlords, like you should not be able to discriminate somebody that applies to you because they're uh, homosexual. I don't think, but that's, a, that's already illegal. Like it's already very illegal. What, so what else can we do? So that's what we're going to talk about a little bit more. <clears throat> So then she said, social sin cannot be a weird word that no one knows. It needs to be a word that we use to label oppression and to dismantle the systems that perpetuate it. Again, there, I mean, this is, if AOC was Catholic, this is the shit she would say. That, that's all I'm saying. Like, if she had a, a deeper understanding of Catholicism and wanted more Catholics to believe in socialism, this is what you would say. This is what you would do. And so let's go into, uh, <laughs> let's take a deep dive into the battleground known as the internet battleground known as the comment section. Now, let's see. My comments won't load here for me. What are you doing? Man, I don't know why it won't work. I might pull up my laptop here in a second. Um, okay. Give me one second here. It was uh it's a fun one though. You're going to really enjoy some of these comments. So basically, I first just kind of started with asking a question, right? I'm kind of like, um, you know, talk me through, talk me through your stance on this, like why you believe this to be the case. Maybe they got deleted. No. Why won't it work? Oh, she did. She disabled the comments. Oh, goodness. I was so, I was two seconds away. Oh man, what a bummer. Okay, so I'll just have to give you the the mental overview of it. That's so wild. The comments are disabled. I was like, they went out of my notifications and everything. So that's so funny. Oh my goodness. 
so my first question was basically like, what what social? Can you give me an example of what social systems you think are in place that prevent people from, uh, yeah, keep people from being safe, from having access to basic health care, from being discriminated against in, in the workplace or wherever? And there wasn't really much of an example given. What basically happened was it proceeded to kind of go back and forth and uh, get kind of messy in, in going back and forth between the political sphere and then the church. Holy cow. All right. Disregard, my friends, because I still had it open on my laptop. And so <laughs> God is good. And we still have the comment section. All right, so let me read. <laughs> oh man, I was so bummed because I was just like this. It was just so, it was such a roadmap, and so that's why I'm not surprised that the comments were disabled. Because, I mean, the the checkmate that takes place at the end of this is pretty powerful. So I said, "How is the?" I'm gonna read my actual quote now. How is the personal action of one person a good example of a social sin? And then next next thing I said, "And what systems are in place that prevent LGBT people from being safe?" having access to the same healthcare as anyone else or that allowed them to be discriminated against. Can you give one example? Now, I think I'm going to skip. I had this kind of discussion with somebody from Canada. She kind of got a little socially socialist on me as well. Um, not as important, but I'm going to read a comment the kind of back and forth with somebody else uh, in my discussion with Shannon. So Shannon says, I appreciate the question. One of the key parts of the definition of social sin is individual person, personal sins which add up to the oppression of a group. Then she said about this LGBT study that said they're four times more likely to be victims of violent crimes, which, I mean, to me is, I think, impossible to calculate. And there's been people who have debated this and debunked this or disagree with it before. Me, for sure. I looked up yesterday, 32 trans people have been killed in the U.S. in 2022. We're on pace for, in Chicago, 600 people being murdered. Um, the percentage of those that is black people, I would imagine is at least 50, if not 75. But let's say it's 50. Let's say it's 300. Let's say, what, 80% of them are black men. So 240 black men are going to be killed in Chicago this year, while 32 trans people are going to be killed in Chicago this year. Now, is it more dangerous to be a black man in America or to and, and to die at the hands of other black men, mind you? I'm not blaming this on racism. Um, or is it more dangerous to be a trans person in the U.S.? Well, it depends on what the denominator is, right? And based on trans ideology, we don't know the denominator of people who are transgender, meaning we don't know the total number of people. So how do you, what do you divide that 32 by to get the like percentage, one in 100,000, five in 100,000? Like, how do you get the number when you don't know how many people are trans or, or gay or lesbian or bisexual. You don't know that. So that's why I never understand. I think those those reports and that shit comes out and is very biased to start with. Um, <clears throat> so then she said that every shooting is a choice of an individual, but a symptom of a larger societal problem with gun violence. Um, she said the AIDS crisis of the 90s is a dramatic example of systemic failure to provide equal health care to LGBT people. I believe that it was. Um, I don't know everything about the AIDS example in the 90s. What I do know is that it's not the 90s anymore and that where we are in same-sex marriage, LGBT rights is, I mean, we are we are light years beyond what even probably the most radical LGBT proponents in the 90s could have dreamt of, right? We're transing kids. Um, 
same-sex marriage is, is the legal law of the land. Uh, the the people who support, support and approve of this stuff from drag shows with kids and stuff like I mean, it is through the roof compared to what it was back then. So, okay, there's an example from 30 years ago. Uh, black people couldn't eat at the same counters in the 60s. What the fudge does that have to do with racism today? Um, because I can now. I can eat wherever I want. So then she said, yes, I firmly believe and would say the church's teaching on sin would support the claim that systemic discrimination doesn't have to be concerted choice of a group of individuals in order to constitute social sin. I agree with that based on her definition of what the church gave earlier. I don't love that definition. I don't disagree with the church. Um, and I don't know where on the level of church teaching that definition comes from. Um, but you see here, we kind of go back and forth between the church and uh, politics. Now, my original question did touch on both, right? Uh, because my original question said something like, how is the personal action of one person a good example of social sin, right? So that's kind of my church question um, because it deals with sin. It has nothing to do with policies or anything like that. And what systems are in place, that's more of the political question because I believe that if you're going to say something is systemic, if racism is systemic, then what's an example of that? It can't just be, oh, well, because there's racist people out there. Well, that's always going to be true. So you're fighting against something that is never going to end. <clears throat> and where's your where's your demarcation point? Where are you satisfied that it's at least low enough that you um, at least start to really try to handle it on a local level, individual level, versus saying the government needs to intervene? That line is what we ultimately disagree on, right? <clears throat> and so I said, it sounds like the term social sin is broad enough to include every sin. Then if it includes all the things in your original caption, what do you think is the solution to this specific social sin? To me, that's a pretty direct question. What do you think is the solution to this particular social sin? Response. I certainly would not say I think any political or economic system is the answer to the ways our social institutions are broken. <clears throat> okay. Now I'm going to juxtapose that. I'm going to kind of jump around here. Um, and I wish you could go on and read all of them for yourself, but the comments have been disabled. <laughs> um, so she basically went on to say healthcare, education, housing, employment. Mind you, my question was, what's the solution to the social sin? She said, I would not say any political or economic system. She said that she believes in the work of people of goodwill working together to come up with policies and solutions. Policies. So even in this paragraph, I would not say that any political or economical system is the answer. But I believe in people of goodwill coming up with policies. You starting to see what I'm saying here? That respect the rights and dignity of all. What are those rights? Because I believe you have rights to life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness. The left believes you have rights to health care. You have rights to being married wherever you want. You have rights to taxpayer-funded uh, transing. You have rights to trans your kid. You have rights to abortion. What are those rights? <clears throat> um, now, I want to I push. Then she brings up redlining. Um, then she brings and how that still affects black people to this day. Then she brings up, um, uh, she said, she said, ultimately, she said, I believe we are called to root out those systemic effects. And that is what I'm calling for here. Listen to this last quote, no recommendation for how that is done because I am a ministry leader, not a political science expert. Now, the funniest thing, the funniest thing about all this shit, this, this has killed me. This is another comment. And this was like the most Kevin Samuels-esque moment was some other random, um, I don't know if she's a black Catholic, but a black woman 
um, commented and said, what are you even arguing with her for? She has two theology degrees. Like, why would you, uh, she seems like she gave a reasonable answer. Like, is this, and then gave me some like slight trope of like, is this where you're getting confused? And I'm like, first of all, I don't give a shit how many degrees this woman has, right? Like I, I, this is the problem, right? Is that we have this like worship of degrees where if somebody has two theology degrees and she might have theology degrees for all I know from the Vatican, you know, from Rome and, uh, and I don't know, Notre Dame or the Augustine Institute, that would be great, but she could still be wrong. And we're still talking about this combination of political, economic, and uh, societal issues that are also, and also trying to address theological issues. And I think that I know a decent bit about all of those things. And what I've, I've proved throughout this conversation is that I know a lot more about the political and economic side than the people I was debating. <clears throat> now, the fun part which that last quote, I'm a ministry leader and not a political science expert. Mind you, my question was, how do we get rid of this social sin? Sin was the question. The question was about societal sin. She claimed to be a ministry leader and not a political science expert, but every response, every suggestion here, every example that was brought up had to do with policies, political stuff, redlining, like all of it was government intervention of some sort. So then she said, she went on, and, and I, I think she kind of ranted in the first answer. And then she was like, so what would be a good solution to anti-LGBT bias? And then I'm like, oh, maybe, here, here we go. Maybe I just, I was just kind of, she was just like kind of externally processing the first part. So I'm like, let's let's get in, here, here it comes. Like, this is the answer, because that's, that's the question, right? What's the solution to anti-LGBT bias, right? Hatred for gay people. What's the solution to that? That was my question. Because you could argue that that's a social sin. I'm not debating that, but what's your solution to it? And this is what I was trying to get to, right? What is the root of what you're trying to say? Then she said, great question. Without much research, I would say that better training for healthcare providers might be one solution. We might look at the intersection of our gun violence problem and come up with responsible ways of limiting access to certain weapons. We might consider assessing labor laws and employment protections to see if they need to be updated, changed, or revised. As I said, I'm a minister, not a policy expert, so I'd be happy to hear from those who are. Then where's the ministry answers? I'm, I'm going to take you back to the first sentence that she said in this answer to this question that I said, which is, what is the solution to this social sin? She said, I certainly would not say I think any political or economic system is the answer to the way our social institutions are broken. The first part of the next time she tried to answer the question was better training for healthcare providers, which would be government mandated and, um, and tracked and supervised and enforced. Um, which undoubtedly would include, uh, as we've seen in the military, as we've seen in in Catholic organizations already, mandatory diversity, equity, and inclusion training, mandatory transing of kids, gender ideology stuff. All of this, all of this is included in that. When the government gets involved and does it right, because when you get the government involved, ideology and agendas automatically get involved as well. Then the next one was gun control. That's a political system. That's that's political. Um, and then the next one was assessing our labor laws and employment protection. That's literally policies, political stuff, which are, it's already illegal. So what more do you, what, listen, if, if, if hatred and discrimination and bias towards LGBT people is already illegal, what's the next step? What's the next thing you can do to try to force more equity, not equality, because if it's already illegal to discriminate against them, then you could say that we already have equality on it. Next, we have to produce equity. 
which is equal outcome, diversity, equity, and inclusion. That means I just talked to a friend of mine, uh, this woman that I'm in a class with the other day. She said that she runs a nonprofit and she lost her nonprofit like certification status because she would not send them the, the gender, sexual orientation, and race of all the people on her board to make sure that she had the right diversity on the board. That's what's next. That's what that means when you when you play it out and when you go further. And if I if I would have honed in on that one example, that's what it would ultimately have to come down to. Because what the hell else does that look like? So then I respond, and I say that. Oh wait, no, that's the other person. In the midst, the the other woman who went on to me about degrees just said, "Okay." <laughs> that was probably my favorite comment of the whole thing. I should have liked it when I had the chance. If only I could go back. But alas, I cannot. So then I said, you said I would, <laughs> so then I threw this up, right? I was like, you said I would certainly not say I am, think any political or economic system is the answer. And then proceed in your next comment to name three possible solutions that all require heavy, heavy government intervention and have nothing to do with faith, grace, evangelization, or the sacraments. Which was my exact point, that this conversation on social sin, by the way it was presented, it is actually aimed, whether intentionally or not, at big government and socialist ideas rather than solving the problem of broken humanity in the way the church strives to do so. You and the others here have basically proved my point that your solution to the original sin and social conditions is more government intervention, not more Jesus and his church. Despite the fact that you describe yourself as a minister and not a policy expert. Isn't that powerful that you describe yourself as a minister and not a policy expert? But uh, even though that's true, even though you have two theology degrees, Grace, evangelizations, the sacrament, introducing introducing other people to the love and mercy of Jesus Christ, none of that came up as a possible solution to social sin. When your solution to social sin is the government, you're a socialist. And that's something that I tried to break down too in our conversation was there's two, these are two fundamental different ways of, of viewing the world. Both a socialist and a Catholic will look at the world and say, wow, people are broken. The world is broken. The church believes that Jesus Christ can be the savior of the world, that the church can be his, his body here on earth helping to facilitate that. The, the socialist believes that the government can be the savior. The government can make you into this ideal, perfected human being where the church believes that, that Christ, that grace, um, that the sacraments can make you into this perfect human being as you become holy, as your father in heaven is holy. That's wildly, wildly different. And that's what I was trying to get at. And that's what I was trying to point out, that this is ultimately what it comes down to. Then she responded, I don't see how medical training, how training medical professionals requires government intervention. Who's going to require that? You're not going to just say, uh, like, is, there's, there's little chance that what she meant by that in the first comment was, um, I just think every individual medical practice should have more training for their professional staff because I believe in freedom, right? If they, if they choose to do so, because I believe in freedom. No, it's mandated, right? It always comes out to being mandated. How do you not force that? Because what are you going to get? Five, like who's going to change after, after this shooting? What, like what, what does that even mean? The further training, what are they supposed to be trained on? How to like treat somebody with a fake vagina? Is that like the LGBT? Because I guess that could be helpful because I'm sure that a lot of them didn't cover that in medical school 15 years ago. So I guess, is that it? How to be more, how to use somebody's pronouns? Like that's the training that they're getting from people who endorse this kind of stuff. Um, 
Then she said, I would be happy to agree that we all need the sacraments and conversion of heart to address our own participation in social sin. I would be happy to agree. That doesn't sound like an emphatic, oh, that's a good point. We need Jesus as a part of this. But alas, we'll continue on. I also don't think that the government has no part in the conversation. I w- and here we go. I would like the government to end abortion, which is a social sin, which I loved her for saying that. I loved her saying that. If you ask me what the solution was, what'd she say? Uh, if you ask me what the solution to that problem is, it would be it would involve laws as well as religious and non-government institutions. If we are addressing civil problems, civil authorities are by extension involved. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. They don't. They actually don't have to be involved in every facet of our lives. That's actually not true. Um. So I want to I want to pause there. So I responded to that part by saying essentially that abortion and attacks on LGBT individuals, violent attacks on LGBT individuals are two very different topics when it comes to what's the government role in solving them. Because one is currently legal. The dismemberment and destruction of human life in the womb is legal. And attacks on LGBT people are not. It is not legal. So because of one act of violence being legal, yes, we need the government to step in. Yes, we need the government to create laws that make it illegal and then to enforce those laws and to prosecute the people who violate those laws, just like we do currently with attacks, violent attacks on LGBT people. So where do you go beyond that? That's my whole question. So this is this is where you get in conversations with people. And I feel like it was offensive when I first brought this up that like we, the loss of philosophy is what led to the original posts is part of what led to it. But then you get in these arguments with people and they bring up shit examples like this where it's like, yes, the government does need to be involved in abortion, but I'm not dumb enough to not see the difference between something that's a legal act of violence and something that's an illegal act of violence and why the government would need to be involved heavily on making the legal one illegal, just like the government had to be heavily involved on ending slavery because it was legal and being practiced widespread. There's like a million abortions each year. There's been 32 transgender people murdered this year. And that doesn't mean that each one of them was murdered for being transgender. There's, there's, there's a thousand, you know, what, I don't know, 300, what I say, maybe 240, let's say the number 240 black men killed in Chicago this year. That doesn't mean they were all killed for being black. Those are just the numbers of the people that were killed. Some of those trans people could have been killed by other trans people, other LGBT people. We don't like, you can't just assume that it was all hate crimes. That doesn't make any sense. And so you can't, those two are not the same thing, but this is where we lose philosophy and we lose the ability to understand that. And that, that flows both from theology into our theology and into our understanding of politics and social issues. Now, this is, this is where I got my first, um, uh, just absolute rush of joy is this next sentence. She said, she said, I'll also, and I'm quoting here, I'll also say that I openly disagree that socialism or big government are inherently anti-Catholic. <laughs> let me let me run that by. Let me run that. Let me run that shit by, <laughs> as uh, Plies used to say. Let me run that back for you. I'll also say that I openly disagree that socialism or big government are inherently anti-Catholic. Now, my friends, my friends. I'm gonna link. A, I'm gonna link this. I'll link this on my Instagram page. 
What the Four Previous Popes Had to Say About Socialism by Mark J. Perry from the se- September 27th, 2015. You can just view the church's stance on socialism. You will find Catholic answers. You'll find NC Register posts about it. Any Orthodox Catholic website will show you quotes like this from Pope John the 23rd that says, Pope Pius XI, this is a quote from Pope John, Pope Saint John the 23rd, who is also known to be like fairly liberal. Like is not a, like trads are not a big fan of this guy. Pope Saint John the 23rd said, Pope Pius XI further emphasized the fundamental opposition between communism and Christianity and made it clear that no Catholic could subscribe even to moderate socialism. The reason is that socialism is founded on a doctrine of human society, which is bounded by time and takes no account of any objective other than that of material well-being. Next, Pope Paul VI. Quote, too often Christians attracted by socialism tend to idealize it in terms which, apart from anything else, are very general. A will for justice, solidarity, and equality. They refuse to recognize the limitations of the historical socialist movement which remain conditioned by the ideologies from which they originated. Is, I, I mean, you can't make this shit up. Is that not the definition of this conversation, this argument that I'm getting into on Instagram? And, and it gets, it's going to get richer. So she says all this stuff. She basically goes on and, and, and I think makes a solid point to say that you're welcome to disagree with that, but the church also doesn't say democracy Neoliberal capitalism and small government are the right thing for Catholics. The church gives us guidelines on like the right to private ownership, which is the opposite of socialism, which is the opposite of socialism. Listen, I'm just going to Google definition of socialism. The first thing that comes up from Oxford, a political or economic theory of social organization, which advocates that the means of production Distribution and exchange should be owned or regulated by the community as a whole. And by the community as a whole, Oxford is pretty freaking woke. By the community as a whole, that means the government. That's what every socialist structure ends up doing. And every socialist structure ends up becoming a communist regime. Socialism and communism are the same thing. Democratic socialism becomes communism every single time. It's happened 100% of the time. And I'm going to continue to prove that to you. And we're going to talk more about economics and stuff in the future. But just understand that. It's a, a political or an economic theory of social organization which advocates that the means of production, the government controls the means of production, distribution, and exchange. You lose freedom of exchange. Free trade is gone. Free distribution, gone. Freedom of production, gone. Because it's controlled by the government. The right to private property does not exist in socialist and communist countries. Okay? Similar to socialism, according to Oxford, is leftism. You can't make this shit up, fam. You can't make it up. Um, okay, so she basically says, yeah, it doesn't say that that democracy is that. And I'm like, yeah, that's right. But we also don't have quotes from quotes on quotes on quotes from Pope saying that democracy is inherently evil, like we do with socialism. And so I, I go on in my response and I say, you know, I, I make the point that I already made to you that abortion and attacks on LGBT are very different because one's legal, one's not. And then I say my favorite quote of the whole thing, I said, hot diggity dog, saying Catholicism doesn't denounce socialism easily the hottest take on here. I said, all these four popes, JP2 especially, along with many other saints have strictly condemned socialism. 
And I said, but I'm grateful for the transparency and getting to the inevitable conclusion of the logic your post started with, which is the incorrect belief that Catholics should or could support socialism. And I think we can just leave it at that. Now, uh, I can't refresh or I'm going to lose this, but she responded. And this is, this is a, a, common, a common thing amongst leftist people. She said, I think, and, and this, was, this was used throughout, right? Uh, she said, I'm not, um, I, don't, I don't think we're using the same definition of socialism. She said, I'm talking about democratic socialism like we see in Sweden or uh, Norway. Now, two things on that. I just Googled, and I read to you, I Googled the definition of socialism. That's not bias. That's not what's the conservative, why is socialism bad? Give me the de definition from the Oxford Dictionary, and that's what I read to you. The, the idea of democratic socialism just means that you vote that shit in, and eventually they have to become communists. They have to become authoritarian because you realize, like, wow, this really sucks. I don't like this. And that's when they start killing people. And you have gulags and shit. So now if you Google, is Sweden a socialist country? The first article that comes up is an article from October of 2021 from foreignpolicy.com. I have no reason to believe that that's a conservative website. The, the title of it, Nordic countries aren't actually socialist. You can look up, there's plenty of great PragerU videos on this, on whether or not Sweden, Norway, the, the Nordic countries are actually socialist. And I just learned about this in my class recently because there's ranking of economic freedom. Countries ranked by economic freedom. And so often Sweden and Norway are actually fairly high. Switzerland's number four. Oh, I don't want um I don't want Wikipedia's. Oh, there, yeah. Give me the Heritage Foundation. So Switzerland is number three. Uh, so like in the top seven, you have seven or yeah, there's like the free and then there's mostly free. We are number 25. Sweden is 11th. Sweden is 11th. Finland and Denmark are nine and 10. Norway is 14th. Even Canada is 15th. Now this really kind of bases us on two different things. You have social redistribution of wealth which Nordic countries are very, very strong and very, very fond of. They're very strong in it and they're fond of it. They redistribute the wealth. So they take high taxes, they redistribute that in social welfare programs, um, and they do that. But the other thing that it's, it's based on is regulations. And Sweden and Norway actually are very deregulated. They actually have a very free market. Once you get the money, they do redistribute that wealth pretty strongly but they're actually very, very high on the other side of it. We are moderately high on both sides of it to the point that we're actually 11 spots, 14 spots, 11 spots lower than Norway, but 14 spots lower than Sweden. South Korea, Austria, the UK are ahead of us. In the top three, you have Singapore, Switzerland, and Ireland. Guys, you can't make this shit up. I'm using a different definition of socialism. I'm using democratic socialism that AOC and Bernie Sanders claim um, when they lie and piss off the leaders of the Nordic countries and claim that the Nordic countries are socialists. Well, guess what, buddy? They're not. 
and you can just Google that. I didn't, I didn't Google, I didn't Google Sweden is not socialist and read the first shit that came up. I did not say that, uh, you know, socialism sucks, you know, comma Sweden. I literally just Googled objectively, is Sweden a socialist country? And this is the stuff that comes up in all of the articles basically say no. What countries, what countries are socialist? Uh, Vietnam was, Venezuela is, the People's Republic of China, and Cuba. Countries that go to shit. And the only time China actually started to pull people out of, out of poverty was when they opened up their markets a little bit. And they actually started practicing capitalism. Dude, you can't make this shit up. So that was, I mean, that was kind of the one that was like, That was that was kind of the one that that I think I think that was what got the, the comments deleted. Was I said I, I'd highly encourage you to Google the definition of socialism because that's the definition that I'm operating on, which is the definition of the word. We don't redefine words. We don't redefine man. We don't redefine woman. We don't redefine any of this shit. It is what it is. Socialism is what it is. There's a definition of it. Even if you vote it in, it's still the same system. Secondly, Sweden. If you Google is Sweden a socialist country, you'll find out that they don't agree that they are. And I explained why, because they have low regulation, but high redistribution of wealth. So they actually are freer on the rankings of most people of economic freedom. Could, I, I mean, honestly, I'm open. I'm open to your feedback. I'm open to your honest feedback. Could that conversation have gone any better from where I knew it would go inevitably to where it ended? <laughs> Guys, guys, listen, could that, listen, listen to me. Could that have gone any better than it did? To, to, to bring up this, to press in on this, this idea of social sin, to say that, um, to press in on this idea of social sin, to say that, uh, what, what do you think is the solution to this? And I think that you're going to say it's all government shit. No, I don't think it's government stuff. And then to proceed to give me only governmental examples for me to finally bring up, what about grace, the Lord, the church? It kind of gets like tossed aside to finally get the admit, ad, admission that uh, the church is not against socialism for me to debunk that with quotes from different popes. Um, and then to say, oh no, but I believe in democratic socialism like they have in these countries that don't actually practice the thing that I'm saying. I, I mean, I don't know what more I could have asked for. It almost felt like I got to do like a like a back and forth, like I was writing a book and I got to like create the argument. You know? Because that's just how this shit goes. And that's why I want I want you guys to be more formed on this stuff so you can see it, so you can know it, so you can call it out. And one thing I said to a friend of mine is I said, you know, I don't have these arguments with people to convince the people that I'm arguing with. Right, I don't think that that Shannon's now going to be a a Catholic conservative, um, even though I think that conservatism, not the Republican Party, but conservatism in general, traditional minded things, placing the individual rights, recognizing individual rights, recognizing the primacy of the family unit, recognizing the importance of the local community and our need for other people, recognizing virtues and goodwill and the life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, which is the pursuit of 
uh, doing what we ought to do. That's conservatism at its at its best, right? It gets spoiled and ruined by other people in the Republican Party. I never claim or never love or never say anything about. I don't think that she's going to become that. But I do hope that people that are reading the comments now are seeing logic and understanding of, wow, capitalism is not evil. Wow, socialism is bad and demonked by the church. Wow, some of these things aren't true. I hope that even three people went and actually Googled, is Sweden a socialist country and read some of the shit that came up. Um, let's let's get into, I'm going to kind of close here with uh, the, the last two quotes from the two popes. So St. John Paul II, he has many on this. Um, but he said, the fundamental error of socialism is anthropological in its nature. Socialism considers the individual person simply as an element, a molecule within the social organism, so that the good of the individual is completely subordinated to the functioning of the socioeconomic mechanism. Socialism likewise maintains that the good of the individual can be realized without reference to his free choice, to the unique and exclusive responsibility which he exercises in the face of good or evil. Man is thus reduced to a series of social relationships, and the concept of the person as the autonomous subject of moral decisions disappears, the very subject whose decisions build the social order. From this mistaken conception of the person, there arise both a distortion of law, which defines the sphere of the exercise of freedom, and an opposition to private property. A person who is deprived, this is in bold, a person who is deprived of something he can call his own, and of the possibility of earning a living through his own initiative, comes to depend on the social machine and on those who control it. This makes it much more difficult for him to recognize his dignity as a person and hinders progress towards the building up of an authentic human community. That's at the heart of it. This is why socialism and socialist countries and communist countries punish and exterminate Christianity in their countries. They destroy the churches, they destroy books, they destroy the Bibles. They can't have it because the government has to become your God. You have to become this person who does not recognize your own dignity because you have no possibility of earning a living through your own initiative. You have nothing you can call your own. You'll own nothing and you'll like it. You hear this shit coming out of the World Economic Forum. You hear it coming from people like Bill Gates. And this is why it's evil and it is anti-Catholic. And popes throughout the centuries have condemned this type of thinking, and then specifically since Marxism has been created, have condemned socialism, communism, communism, and Marxism directly. Let's end here with Pope Benedict XVI. It says, the state which would provide everything, absorbing everything into itself, would ultimately become a mere bureaucracy, incapable of guaranteeing the very thing which the suffering person, every person, needs, namely loving personal concern. We do not need a state which regulates and controls everything but a state which, in accordance with the principle of subsidiarity, generously acknowledges and supports initiatives arising from the different social forces and combines spontaneity with closeness to those in need. The church is one of those living forces, and the church gets eradicated in every circumstance where socialism is practiced. Socialism is, socialism is condemned, and we have to start being able to see the signs of it the signals of it in the minds of our friends, family, loved ones, and people even on the internet so we can start to debunk it and take it apart piece by piece because it's going to draw people away from the Lord. It draws people away from the church, away from grace, away from sacraments. And when you see evil shit like this, this is what happens when you start to see people like AOC, like agnostics or atheists like AOC who say, you can't thoughts and prayers your way out of it. All you want to do is provide thoughts and prayers because they don't think that, that prayers have any effect. 
They don't believe in God. They don't, when they see a tragedy, they don't invoke God's name and call for mercy and pray for the dead. Instead, they see an opportunity to push a social and political agenda. And we may not and ought not to, as Catholics, either participate in that or to sit by idly while other Catholics do that. Now is the time to start this battle. It's not after we're already on the other side with the New York Times and every leftist organization out there pointing at any Orthodox Christian saying that they're radically right wing and the problem with our democracy and need to be get, gotten rid of. With our, our woke Catholics standing on their side pointing at us saying, yeah, they're wrong. The church needs to change. And there was a great comment in there as well that I also posted to my story of somebody that said, uh, amen, Shane, you said so many great things. And, and unfortunately, our church still does not acknowledge same-sex marriage, which produces LGBTQ hate and all this stuff. And I'm like, exactly. That is exactly right. That's exactly the mindset that falls from all of this shit. And I knew that it was coming. And you guys gave me exactly what I wanted. And I couldn't be happier with you. And I wish I had their address so I could write them a thank you note because I'm so grateful for the way they literally... I mean, if I was Plato, that would be how I would draw up the conversation to show the difference between logic and reasoning and truth and between brainwashing and propaganda from progressivism in the modern day United States Catholic Church. Thank you so much for your time today. God love you. God bless you. Continue to fight hard. Be your best. Otherwise, we're going to live in a socialist dystopia. God bless you. Happy Thanksgiving.